Praise the Lord, Dr. Hanson. Good evening. Good evening, Shannon. Can you hear me? Oh, you're coming through crystal clear. How are y'all doing over there tonight? Well, I'm well tonight. Fantastic. Well, we're excited to be here with y'all. Folks, we've got a real special guest. Brother and Sister Hanson are with us here tonight at World Ministries headquarters here in Stanwood, Washington. Look them up on the web during this program, worldministries.org. Brother Hanson, would you like to open us up in prayer? And the mic is yours. All right. Uh, Father God, we thank you, dear God. We pray that this program now is going to go on without a single problem with our technology, or but it's just going to go smooth. That the truth of this program, dear God, will be received because we are certainly in a spiritual battle. We're in spiritual warfare, and much of the church doesn't seem to realize it. If they hear it, it's not being made relevant to their spirit. They can't seem to ascertain what the Lord is saying. They can't put it into practice. And if we don't learn what God is saying and put it into practice, we're like a soldier going into battle that he was taught how to shoot, but he doesn't seem to remember. We need to put what we're trained into practice so we can survive, so we can win, so we can defend ourselves, so we can conquer. Be with us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to welcome all of you that are tuned into this program tonight. Omega Man Radio, Shannon Davis, the Warning Radio Program, Shortwave Program, Social Media. Welcome. I have a very important topic tonight. Also, my wife, I've asked to sit and join me, Adalia Hansen, and uh, Reverend Adalia Hansen, actually. And she's close to having her doctorate degree in theology. She's well-versed with the scriptures and, and anointed, and uh, in ministry, I use her to help me, not only in sharing the gospel, but ministering. In fact, Shannon, you're going to be excited about tomorrow night. Here's a little teaser, a little advertisement. You're going to hear what I spoke on last Sunday. We're going to be here to talk about it, but I'll be preaching like you used to hear me preach. Only this will have taken place in the Seattle area with my wife also sharing and ministering. So, uh, Shannon, you're going to enjoy tomorrow night. Awesome. Now, let's talk a little bit about, I want to give a little summary of the Washington, D.C. spiritual warfare trip I took. So as I'm going over these points, I'll be doing more teaching tonight, but then we'll be also commenting on what I have written Monday, January 11, 2010, I mention it because you'll see the situation hasn't changed much today. I flew from Seattle to Reagan Airport in Washington, D.C., where from Tuesday, January 12 through Tuesday, January 19, we prayed approximately six to eight hours a day. This prayer was either intense spiritual warfare intercession with revelation from the Lord or a spirit of prayer throughout the day as we walk the area, focusing primarily on the Capitol building, the Supreme Court, and the White House. I would get up at approximately 4.30 a.m., and by 5 to 6 a.m., I would begin imparting into the lives of the different team members, and they would also impact into mine. The team consisted of different pastors, Dennis, Len, Mike, Adrian, Jonathan, Bob, and another Mike. The purpose of this mission trip was to intercede on behalf of the nation and to pray that America will not fall under tyranny as it's been moving toward socialism or worse. We prayed daily at the home of Dick Simmons, founder of Men for Nations, 
located immediately behind the Supreme Court building with the Capitol building across the street from the Supreme Court. We could look at it right out our window. These buildings were clearly visible from the living room window. The office of Jay Sekulow of America Center for Law and Justice is adjacent to Dick Simmons' condo. Dick has been on the forefront faithfully interceding for this nation at least 16 years at that time. Now, the success of the trip depended upon as much unity as possible. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. That is a critical point for all Christians to understand unity, whether it's in a church, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in a business. Again, united we stand, divided we fall. Right now, the church is divided. It's dysfunctional. That's why this nation is falling. With focused anointing, again, it depended on unity, with focused anointed warfare prayer, coupled with knowing the will of God through understanding the word of God. A person says, I don't know the will of God. Do you know the word of God? If you know the word of God, you can know the will of God. This foundation ensured that intercession would be scriptural and not of the flesh through immaturity or ignorance. I stress these points continually throughout the day, imparting into the lives of our team. We had a good team and each contributed to the degree that they had been developed. You can only develop or minister to the degree you have been developed. You can't give what you don't have inside. This report is not exhaustive. Thus, I wrote notes and I recorded in my daily diary planner to recall some of the points that the Holy Spirit had revealed to me through visions, discernment, and revelation. And a few things I noted that were revealed to different team members. Dick Simmons believes that the Lord told him that if 500,000 men will pray from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. daily on behalf of this nation, we can turn the nation around and stop abortion. Well, this is now 2022 and the Supreme Court has overturned abortion. That's a victory. From 58 to 60, Simmons prayed with Pat Robinson. In 1961, Dick was on the staff of David Wilkerson and started the first Teen Challenge Center. 1982, he told Pat Robinson that if 100,000 men and women would pray between the hours of 5 a.m. and 7 a.m., their intercession would turn the nation around and stop abortion. Again, 20 years later, Pat Robinson asked Dick Simmons if 100,000 men interceding could still turn the nation around and stop abortion. Dick told him, no, now it would be 500,000 men. As the nation had become progressively more vile. Well, I can tell you right now, it's not better. Today, the need is for a half a million men giving their first fruits of the day, sacrificing two hours a day from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. It takes sacrifice to win a war, sacrifice in a spiritual war, and many Christians aren't ready to sacrifice. They're ready to go into slavery and they don't know it. They don't want to, but they will. I personally believe the reason Simmons said between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. is because God is the God of our first fruits, our tithe unto the Lord, including our time. He's not pleased with leftovers, our scraps are doing things in our own good time when it's convenient to us. You know, I'll do it when it's convenient, you lazy person. Serving God is not convenient if you really serve him properly. It's a lot of sacrifice. He has always been a God of sacrifice, even sacrificing his own son, Jesus Christ. If men will sacrifice their time, energy, and finances, 
we will see another great awakening. Stop the nations from following the beast government that most nations will follow according to the book of Revelation. Now, I'm reading again from this report I spoke clear back in 2010. Today, I'm pushing a great awakening with eagle saving nations even harder because the nation is more vile. Yes, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, but only because Trump put in three conservative justices. Not because the nation became better. 52% of the nation agrees with abortion. America did not become better. It's worse now. And I can tell you, if we don't have another great awakening, repent of the sins of abomination, this nation is falling. And no politician is going to stop it. No politician. Trump won't stop it because the Republicans are accepting sins of abomination, homosexuality, etc. We have to have another great awakening. On Tuesday, January 12th, the team attended a prayer meeting led by the Family Research Council with Tony Perkins in attendance. I felt led to go with Reverend Larry Tomasak, pastor, author, and cameraman Eric Holmberg, who are doing a documentary on same-sex marriage to attend a conference on the national marriage battle conducted by the National Organization for Marriage with remarks by Bishop Harry Jackson of Impact Leadership Coalition. Then I met Lou Ingle of the Call Incorporated, Reverend Louise Sheldon of Traditional Values and Bishop Jackson. I was also interviewed by Eric Holberg for their same-sex marriage document. The next morning, when the team gathered together for a debriefing of the previous day's activities, it was noted that the Family Research Council prayer meeting with the rest of the team had attended was going very successfully until a lady spoke up, interrupted the focused prayer, and urged the group to pray for Obama in what she thought would have been more appropriate, supportive manner. Again, we talked earlier about unity. Somebody should have corrected this lady. If I'm leading a great awakening, no lady or man walks up and changes the focus. People that have been praying for Obama constantly and still are, and he still isn't born again. That wasn't the time to pray for Obama. This lady was out of order, and leadership wasn't there to stop it. I couldn't believe it with all of the leaders that were there, but they blew that meeting. The group noted how this broke the unity and the anointing at the time. I again pointed out the requirement for unity, all being in one accord, which was the reason Pentecost happened, as well as every other victory in the Bible, the walls of Jericho crossing the Jordan, etc., when there was division because of immaturity where people operated in their carnality, opposing godly leadership, which was giving spiritual direction, ensuring the word and will of God was being followed, there was always defeat. Wandering another 40 years in the desert, or the sin of Achan, Joshua 7, and responsible for causing the Israelites' defeat in their next battle. I mentioned that the woman should have been lovingly corrected through instruction and the meeting restored to order for solid breakthrough. Once again, this shows a lack of mature apostolic leadership, at least with the leader of the house, as the woman should have been lovingly corrected, given instruction on the reasons for praying in a certain direction and style. I made sure that our team of pastors followed unity. I gave direction. You've got to have unity. You have to have leadership. Wednesday, January 13, while we were interceding together, I would always start off in tongues until God gave me clear direction for words and 
prayer. I saw a vision, an octopus on top of the Capitol building with its eight arms equipped with suckers, influencing not only the members of the Senate and House representatives, but also the justices of the Supreme Court and the president, his staff in the White House. Now, I'm hoping you're catching this. I would always start off with prayer in tongues until God gave me direction for words and prayer. Then I saw a vision of an octopus on the capital of the building. Again, it's suckers influencing not only the members of the Senate, House of Representatives, justices of the Supreme Court, and the president and his staff in the White House. God continued to give me revelation, which I shared with the team. The octopus represents the spiritual powers and principalities of darkness. Lucifer and the beast, which is influencing these three branches of government. I expounded that the octopus is a predator which feeds on other prey and that it likes to deceive its prey by camouflaging itself until it strikes. If the octopus is exposed, it squirts a cloud-like substance which acts like a smoke screen, hiding it its escape, as well as paralyzing smaller victims before it eats them. I shared this is what's happening in Washington, D.C. today, as these three branches of government are being influenced by the spirit of the beast. Adelia, what do you think about what I just shared and the vision I had of an octopus? That just speaks about the reality of spiritual warfare in the governmental realm. And um, if, you, you know, if you study scriptures, you'll see how um, some of these things are exposed in the Bible. If you look at Daniel, the book of Daniel chapter 9, and also 10, when Daniel was praying and then angel Gabriel came and told him that his prayer was heard from the first day, but he was resisted or he was, you know, opposed by the prince of Persia while coming and angel Michael had to be dispersed to be able to release him for him to bring the message. And also he said, well, now in, in Daniel chapter 10, verse 13, he said, you know, he's going back, like I'm returning, but the once I'm going back, the prince of Greece will come. So this one just shows about uh, principalities, um, entities that have been placed to govern regions and certain places. Um, if you look at the kingdom of darkness, it's very organized. If Ephesians 6 talks about we, we're not wrestling against uh, flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rules of darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly host. So in that, there's a hierarchy in the kingdom of darkness and Satan being the ruler of them all has placed them in different position in key areas whereby they'll be able to influence places around the world, uh, within government, within the school system, within churches and so what and not. So um, if you look at what you saw, the, the characteristics of the demon that you saw or an entity, if I would call, I'd rather call it an entity, you see how it influences the government, the three branches of the government. And um, you have heard many times when people will have good intentions of 
going into politics and vying for a seat. You find a person who would say would love the Lord, is a Christian, or has a good intention of doing that. But the minute he goes into the political world, the political field, suddenly the same person you thought was going after the, the, the need of the people now has been transformed to a person who's after self, power, and influence. That shows you that the person has been grasped by the seducing spirit that rule over political positions in different nations. And now this, you're talking about America right now. So these people go with the good intention, and, but by the time they get in, they get seduced by these spirits. In the book of First Timothy, chapter 4, verse 1, it said, men will give heed to seducing spirits. So what happened, the spirits will seduce them to be able to be influenced by this uh, entity that will cause them to just be... Um, will focus on power and influence and will forget the reason why people voted them in. And that's that's the problem we are having. So sometimes it's not necessarily that the, all the political people were bad before. It's just these powers that have influenced them. You said an octopus, it sucks life out of them. Anything that, if they, ha if they go in there with the life of God, if they don't guard, they don't guard their hearts and uh, stay in the principles of God, they become open prey for the evil one to overtake them. Again, I shared what I saw with the team as we were praying together for six to eight hours a day. I shared what was happening in Washington, D.C. Today, as these three branches of government are being influenced by the spirit of the beast. Dennis then saw serpents. Mike received the word dacon. Jonathan shared a sum on dacon. I expounded that dacon was a god of the Philistines who was half man and half fish which I believe helps to find the spiritual authority under Lucifer. I shared that Lucifer, I believe, is operating in Washington, D.C. through men influenced by demons, the beast spirit, and other spirits of the underworld. The vision of the octopus exposes these spiritual powers, principalities, and influences. I believe Dennis seeing the serpents is a further explanation of the legs of the octopus meaning the different demonic powers with different degrees of authority and assignment, working under the hierarchy of Lucifer through the beast spirit. Again, you can see how as we stay in unity, as we pray as a team, God continues to give revelation. On Thursday, January 14, after a time of corporate spiritual warfare intercession, I visited the Capitol and the Supreme Court with Jonathan and Mike. I felt that I wanted to discern the spiritual powers ruling the Capitol building and the Supreme Court. I explained to the other ministers that since Dennis had organized this team and was acting as its leader, we needed to operate in one accord as a unit, like Paul and Barnabas did when they got the blessings of the elders of Antioch before they took off on their missionary journey. We cannot operate with everyone doing what is right in their own eyes. This brings confusion, rebellion, and defeat. I explained that I, would, I move apostolically and prophetically with thousands of leaders to which I give counsel and look to me as their spiritual elder and father. I had accepted Pastor Dennis's invitation to come to D.C., so I put myself under his leadership for this trip. Dennis blessed the discernment I felt, and I left with Jonathan and Mike. Again, I hope you are following this, ladies and gentlemen. You work as a team, you work in unity. You don't do what's right in your own eyes. There's a leader. You follow that leader, just like a senior pastor. 
Throughout the building, the Capitol building, it was clear. Jonathan pointed out the messianic influences that America's leaders were greatly influenced by forces and powers that were contrary to the Holy Spirit. When I visited the gallery of the House of Representatives, now listen, I discerned the spirit of worldly wisdom of men and the gods, the spirit of compromise, intimidation, the spirit of fear and deceivableness ruling the House of Representatives. I discern the need to have our team and others pray for the spirit of the prophet to come upon righteous members of the House of Representatives to bring correction and direction. Now, later on, I actually then prayed over a member of the House of Representatives and prayed just for this to happen. When I visited the gallery of the Senate and meditated, asking the Lord to reveal to me the identification of the ruling spirits, I discerned the spirit of Lucifer, subspirit, Dacon, the spirit of death and warmongering, the spirit of intimidation, compromise, and syncretism ruling the Senate. The Holy Spirit instructed me to have our team and others pray for the spirit of the apostle and prophet to come upon righteous senators to speak words of leadership and correction. Finally, when I visited the Supreme Court, I was greatly troubled. After much, much deliberation and meditation, I discerned the spirit of death and murder and confusion ruling the justices of the Supreme Court, and that their decisions were bringing death and murder and confusion upon the citizens of the United States of America. I felt led to advise the team and others to pray for God to remove with death and disease those justices who were bringing judgment upon America, and some now have died. I'm talking about now, 2022. This was 2010 when I prayed for death to come upon those that were bringing death and disease, judgment through their rulings bring, we lost over 60 million babies. God has removed those Supreme Court justices. Is it right to pray for death? Yes, it is. If you discern the timing of God, the will of God, then the judgment of God. When the team reassembled in the afternoon of, for corporate prayer with strong intercession and warfare prayer, I briefed the team on what the Lord had revealed to me. Those of us present, Bob and Mike, were busy helping solve some of Simmons' needs around the condo started to come against those spirits. The next day, we continued to pray with understanding what the Lord had revealed to me concerning the spirits ruling the Capitol and the Supreme Court. The members of the team felt led that I should lead out in prayer as the point man, like Moses with Aaron and Ur upholding his arm. So I prayed with Dennis and Lynn supporting me on both sides and the other team members supporting my back. Now, Adalia, before I go any further, I just read the spirits controlling the Capitol billing, House of Representatives, Senate, and Supreme Court. Any comments? Well, um, if you like the way you described them and it just showed um, how they work and how they've influenced how this country is being run, as you can see, I think I heard about it when I was still in Africa about um, how uh, it reached a time that the Supreme Court had removed is it the Ten Commandments from schools. And you see, that was already an open door for a country which was, you know, built upon foundation of Christian values. And then suddenly you take 
God out of it, that's already rebellion. You're rebelling against the, you know, the visionary. The, Not only the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. but prayer in the Bible. Yeah, even prayer in the Bible. So they've already, they already opened themselves up to, they opened a door for such entities to take over. Once, once you, once you take God out of anything, you've already become a prey to the evil one. So once they did that and open, like rebellion, that was rebellion against God, and rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. So it became an open door. So these entities were able to come in and just start to spread itself across different things in America from schools to churches to families to it formed like sort of a stronghold if I may call it and now as you can see now it's like they're progressing it's like things have just been progressing the evil one is just taking over in different areas and stuff like that Um, you know people forgot I think the people there really forgot that once the enemy, you give him the door and he comes in, it's really hard to take him out. It's, it's, it's hard because he has come to rule over and reign over the country right now. So, um, so once they open themselves to that, it's like giving themselves to the hand of the enemy. Now, for the people that come in, the people that come in and they become, you know, House of Representatives, Senators and stuff like that, they might come with a, you know, they say, oh, we want to come in and change and transform things. But once they get there, they find out it's not as easy job like they thought. This is something big. This is something. You just don't go in and run into politics like a little girl with piggy tails running to see grandma. When you open the door, you'll find a wolf waiting for you. So if you look at it this way, if anybody who goes in into this political fields and is not guarded and it does not walk in the principles of God, is not prayed up enough. You've heard people who go in and they just lose the vision altogether. And now what we are having, what we are having is people go in and then come out and another, another group of people come in and they come out. And still you don't see no big change or transformation that is brought about by these people. It's these spirits that are in charge right now in all these three branches of the government. Okay. I'm going to continue again. I'm leading out. I'm the point person in prayer. I have people on either side supporting me and I have a rod. Before we start praying, I felt led to read the entire prophecy the Lord had given me for America on December 24, 1995 at 521 hours, including the key bullet points that I had put in the Seattle Times newspaper on December 26, 1997, which included earthquakes throughout America. I also read the vision the Lord gave me at 11.52 Thursday, Friday, 12, 2009, concerning the United States. Note, six months before 9-11, I spoke in New York on Christian television for five days, as well as five nights at the YWCA, warning them of skyscrapers falling, etc. Three times before Katrina, I flew to New Orleans and held meetings, warning pastors and others that judgment was coming to New Orleans because of the wickedness of the people. After 9-11, the Lord told me that 1,000 times more people will die in America as the people of America have not repented for their idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent, or dividing the land of Israel. All they wanted to do was continue their immoral lifestyle and peace and safety. But they do not recognize God allowed this to come upon them because of the sins of the nation. I explained this originally to Dr. Larry Bates on his two-hour talk show, Syndicated Radio. Dr. Bates had been a member of the House of Representatives from Tennessee, and we had spoken in conferences throughout America. Dr. Bates heard me speak on judgment coming to America unless she repents. 
So immediately after 9-11, he invited me to be interviewed on his radio talk show concerning what I thought of the politicians, Hollywood stars, and different religious leaders going into the cathedral to pray. I call it the prayer of blasphemy, since there was no repentance. I made it clear that as in the book of Revelation, where God has warned about his plagues coming upon the nations and about those who persecute his church, so the three million people dying in America cannot be prayed away. God knows that no matter what we do in praying and preaching, people will continue to defy him until their heart is broken through suffering before a real repentance takes place, a nationwide revival. You know, some people want to just pray away. We'll pray it away. No, there's some things you won't pray away. There's got to be repentance or you're wasting your time. There comes a point of no return and God says, don't pray for this people. I will not see. I will not hear. I will not have mercy, but judgment will fall. I wrote a whole book on it, The Science of Judgment. With this additional information for the team to consider, I started interceding. I picked up a rod that Mike had mentioned I should use days earlier when we walked to the White House to pray, that I should point the rod as Moses had done while leading the warfare prayer. At this time, I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to point it toward the Capitol building, the Supreme Court, and the White House. As I led in warfare intercession prayers against spiritual powers that had already been revealed to me in visions and discernment while I was in prayer and meditation at these three branches of government. I pointed out to the team that our warfare intercession involved the heavenly host doing battle against the principalities and powers of darkness, which are influencing the decisions of men who vote and give direction to this nation. This is critical part for spiritual survival of a nation. I went on to explain my background. It is clear to me in the scriptures that some nations fight the Antichrist instead of following him. America is the only nation on earth that was founded on the word of God. In my understanding of the word, Christians are supposed to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ on earth going forth to make disciples of all nations. If we fail in our responsibilities of evangelism, discipling, and correcting, being salt, then according to Jesus, we are good for nothing but the dunghill and will be ruled by pagans, liberals, thus following eventually the beast government described in the book Revelation. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this happened in 2010. I was in Washington, D.C. 2010 when I wrote this. To be clear, releasing the heavenly host in prayer to, to battle against the demonic powers to temporarily clear up the confusion and deceivableness on the leaders of this nation and citizens throughout America is similar in war to first using the Air Force planes to bomb prior to allowing the ground forces to go into battle. We need to intercede now and urge others to intercede. But we still need to go forth and preach, teach, and correct. Prayer alone will never save a nation, and neither will just bombing from airplanes ever win a war. We need to preach, teach, admonish, exhort, and correct the citizens of America so they have the sanity to make a decision to turn back to Jesus Christ instead of continuing to rebel against the truth, thus bringing back deceivableness. Again, it, you understood what we were doing. We were releasing heavenly hosts in battle against demonic powers 
to temporarily clear up the confusion and deceivableness upon the leaders of the nation and citizens of America so they can make a right decision. If they don't make a right decision, which will only come then through preaching and prayer, correcting, discipling, if they don't make a right decision after we do our part in proclaiming the word of God, then they'll go back into deceivableness. What is needed in America for its salvation is another great awakening. First, by the majority of the church. Next, we need another great awakening through the citizens for evangelism and turning back to traditional values and beliefs that preserve and bless a nation instead of destabilizing and destroying a nation. The citizens of America are so immoral and pagan. Again, this was the mission trip done in 2010. This is when I wrote this. Sounds pretty much like today, doesn't it? The requirements are exactly the same. Prayer is not going to stop the judgment of God. It's not going to save America. The church saves America for preaching and teaching, warning of sin, leading in repentance. If you think you can just pray about it, you are very naive and ignorant of the word of God. You will not stop judgment on America by praying. It comes through repentance. Jonah would have never preached at Nineveh if he could have just prayed about it. God wanted him to go and preach repentance. He refused. He got swallowed by a whale. And when he repented of his own attitude, then he preached repentance. They repented and Nineveh was spared. As my wife had earlier mentioned in 1962, the Supreme Court made the decision to remove prayer from the schools within the first year and removing Bible reading the next year replacing it with the animal kingdom's morality and values taught with a theory called evolution. All vestiges of our American history showing leaders of this nation had a Christian faith based on the Bible have been removed from public schools and a revisionist history is now being taught that justifies immorality, abortion, homosexuality, same-sex marriage, world citizenship, etc. Leaders of this nation are destroying traditional values based on the Bible and continually work toward destroying the Republic and the Constitution of the United States of America and the Bill of Rights. Adalia? You know, when we agree with, when we agree with all this evil going on around, so they, all these powers and entities working against the country, they form like a stronghold within the country. You know, if the people have the same belief, if there's an ungodly belief amongst um, people, and then these people form a huge group, and they all think the same, like abortion is fine, or, um, you know, release of pornography is fine, and all these people, and they gather together, and they have this unity in believing in that. So that will clearly form a stronghold, and this stronghold becomes a place where the the enemy will have a legal right to be able to take over uh, a certain region or a place. So in this, like in America right now, if a lot of regions believe in a lot of abortion and all that, so that already gives the enemy a legal right over uh, America and certain places where he rules over. And, and with that, it's going to be so hard to break it off unless that ungodly belief is... Is, is broken off and it's probably disbanded through truth. Like you said, it's not just, you know, just praying about it. There's a repentance part. And also it's, it's trying to restore truth back to the, to the, to the society. The truth about God's word concerning all these things that they're permitting right now. And if truth is not restored back, 
the legal right will always be there, no matter what we are praying. We cannot just shoo shoo and just tell, oh, the enemy, you gotta go, you're praying and all that. No, repentance. Even after repentance is the renewal of the mind. There's the truth coming in and the mindset of people are changed and transformed to a, po to a point that they are redirected back to God's truth. If that fails, then you, any kind of freedom will be temporary. It won't be such a permanent, it won't be a t permanent freedom because these entities, all these powers, demonic influences will still come back because the stronghold is still there. Look at how now they're doing with the children right now. As long as the children are being brought up, allowing and being taught that these things are okay, by the time 10, 20 years, you have people who their mind is a stronghold in the mind already. And it's so hard for us to do away with it because there is no truth in it. So truth has to be restored. Apart from the repentance, yes, we, sh we can repent and let allow God to come in. But our minds also needs to be transformed with the restoration of truth back to the society. There needs to be a tremendous amount of re-education with truth. As only truth takes away deception and prayer releases the angels of the Lord to do battle against the spirits that I've already mentioned that bring confusion, deception, murder, and death upon the people in this nation. Daily pray against the powers of darkness. Pray for yourself that you can do the will of God and speak the truth. Truth takes away deception and prayer brings conviction upon those to whom the truth has been spoken. It still remains up to the people to finally obey the truth or return to their evil ways. I initially prayed with tongues loudly, eventually coming against those principalities and powers of darkness with much energy and anointing with the English language commanding the heavenly host to do battle with the demonic powers of darkness ruling the House of Representatives, the Senate, the Supreme Court, and the White House. The order of this warfare was pointing my rod first toward the Capitol building, mentioning the ruling spirits over the Capitol. Remember and remembering the vision of the octopus over the Capitol building and interceding against the spirit of Dacon, a beast demonic power, releasing the angels of the Lord to do battle against this stronghold and strong man. I named the spirits influencing the members of the House of Representatives, spirit of worldly wisdom of men and the gods, spirit of compromise, intimidation, fear, and deceivableness, and commanded the heavenly host to do battle against them. I also prayed that the spirit of the prophet would come upon righteous members of the house to bring correction. I then pointed the rod toward the Senate, named the spirits controlling the senators, which the Lord had revealed to me when I visited the gallery of the Senate several days prior. The spirit of Lucifer and Dacon, death, warmongering, intimidation, compromise, and syncretism, and again commanded the heavenly host to do battle against them. I prayed that the spirit of the apostle and prophet would come upon righteous senators to speak words of leadership and correction. After finishing the intercession over the Capitol, House of Representatives and Senate, I pointed the rod toward the Supreme Court and interceded, commanding the heavenly host to do battle with spiritual strongholds and strongmen controlling the Supreme Court and once again naming the spirits, death, murder, compromise, that I'd previously discerned when I visited the courtroom of the Supreme Court. In my closing prayer over the Supreme Court, I led the warfare intercession for God to remove with death and disease those judges who are bringing judgment on this nation 
And ladies and gentlemen, as I speak here today, September 16, 2022, that has happened. That's why the Supreme Court overruled abortion just this year. Finally pointing the rod toward the White House, I interceded that the beast would be driven out of the United States and other nations to follow him if they desired. But for America to choose to fight the spirit of the beast and eventually the Antichrist himself instead of cooperating with him. Remembering there, there will be nations that do resist. Mike prayed that Obama would be confused like Nebuchadnezzar, driven away unless he repents. When directing our prayer toward the Capitol in the White House, I prayed against the spiritual powers of Pergamos. Pergamos altar, Revelation 2.13. Note on Wednesday, I had the team watch a DVD with attorney Stephen Pigeon who spoke with me at one of my conferences and he brought out that Adolf Hitler knew about the Pergamos altar and the power supposedly possessed to rule the world. 1933, Adolf Hitler had the Pergamos altar taken from the museum in Berlin, Germany and reassembled in Nuremberg so that he could speak in front of it. This Pergamos altar, which is the seat of Satan, was in modern Turkey in the Apostle John's time, but the altar was transported stone by stone to Europe in 19 or in 1880 and reconstructed in the Berlin Museum in 1897. Now listen, Barack Hussein Obama made a replica of the Pergamos altar in the Denver Coliseum, Denver, Colorado Coliseum, and spoke in front of it when he received the Democratic presidential nomination under a white horse. According to Revelation 6.1, the white horse's name is Thunder, and that was the name of the white horse that Obama stood under. As I was remembering the Masonic signs all through the Capitol building, and also remembering the prophecy for America, where one of the key bullet points is that there will be earthquakes throughout America, I had an impression that the Capitol building could be damaged or destroyed by an earthquake or an attack. Another bullet point of the American prophecy is that a nuclear attack was going to strike Washington, D.C. I found myself and others praying, come down. I explained after the prayers that the building could be repaired or rebuilt so that it would be a place where the Holy Spirit could tabernacle. On Friday, January 15, Dennis asked all to be quiet and see if Jesus would speak to anyone clearly. At 10.53, I received the, from the Lord the following, quote, for I have called you for such a time like this to raise up and tear down, to warn the nations of my soon return, to fearlessly ex exalt my name and reprove and rebuke the lies of my arch enemy, to viciously and victoriously usher in a nation with revival of truth and righteousness, birthed by prayer and travail, to mandate the terms of peace for this nation and to have fellowship, blessing, and salvation for America once again. Unquote. At 11.10 a.m., I received from the Lord this, quote, My time is coming. It is quickly coming to remove the power of rebellion and darkness from every hall and palace throughout the nations. But now I want you to go forth in my name and do battle with my armor and authority, with my gifts and weapons, and take back for me what is de designated for you to accomplish before your time, man's time, has ended, unquote. Jonathan... Dennis received a very similar word. On Monday, January 18, while walking at 6 a.m. by myself, I received the following word. Quote, my son, my son, do you not know that there are prayer altars and Satanist 
placed in strategic locations here and throughout the United States, interceding as you are doing, only they are interceding against me and for the fall of America, so America follows the one world government and beast, unquote. Adelia, before I go on, comment. Well, mostly, you know, what, what you just read is some things, these are the things that witches and warlocks do in Africa. So what, if they want to influence a certain region, what they will do? They'll go to certain locations, like let's say it's a whole city. There are specific areas where they'll go and they place things in, on that, place things in different parts of the city. And then they'll gain influence They'll gain influence over the region. So whatsoever, whatsoever he wants to do to stir the city to think in a certain way or to be bound in a certain way, that person will have the ability to do that. So when the Lord showed you or told you this, that that's what they're doing, the same is what they're doing here in America. But the funny thing is that the people, the Christians, I, you know, here, some of them are very ignorant of these things. There was a time when I was trying to, um, to teach about how princes can rule over a region. And I remember just, I'm staring, I'm telling them and people are staring at me with an empty look on their face. Like, what is she talking about? So in my head, I was like, don't you know these things? Because I expected them to know it, you know, but they didn't know what I was talking about. So, um, just like you said, you know, satanists and evil people will do that if they want to influence a region. There's a power. There's an entity behind them that's giving them instructions on what to do. So if he wants to stir people in a certain way, that's what they will do. That's why you find you go in different regions, you find a place, you find there's a lot of there's a lot of immorality happening in such a place. And you look around, it's like everybody is almost influenced by it. And if you go there, if you go there and you are not, you have to put on the whole armor of God. If you go there and you are not, you're not, you don't take care of your spirit and your heart and all that, you get influenced by it. There was a time when I, uh, there was a story I heard about a man, a preacher man, who transferred to a certain region. And what happened is that region was known for high rate of divorces. What happened is he, him and his wife eventually, parted. And I remember he went back and asked the Lord, what happened? How did it come to this? He said, because this this place is governed by a principality that causes divorce in people. And what happened, it strike you. And that's what happened to your marriage. The person was not awake enough to see that these things can happen. People think, oh, oh I am born again. I'm going to do this and that. No way. You have to be awake in all these things. You have to be Guarded with truth. The truth of the matter is these things are there. They're ruling over places. They're ruling over regions. And you have to guard yourself not to be influenced by that entity because the majority of the people are being swayed by the influence of these powers. So yes, it is true. Those things happen. They can sway a whole place just by putting altars in different places. When I returned to the location where the team was praying, I informed them of what the Lord had just made known to me so that all could be aware of the seriousness, the determination of our enemies. We prayed for several hours at Simmons' residence, and then all seven of us walked around the Supreme Court, the Capitol building, and the White House. Earlier in the week, Mike felt led that we were supposed to do that as a united team, and I confirmed that as he declared it, as I was also receiving the same instructions from the Lord. Note, Walking around these buildings was a symbolic gesture as the real warfare and intercession and prayer had been accomplished during the six days prior in daily intense prayer. Again, six to eight hours a day of just prayer. This now is an act of obedience, which is faith to obey the directions of the Lord, which came through intercession. For clarity, I stretched forth the rod toward the direction of these buildings at the times 
we were doing the intense, loud, and anointed warfare as an act of obedience, as Mike had received in Simmons' condo. I did not carry the rod when we were walking around the buildings in unison or when I was leading the team in prayer at the gate of the White House. I did not discern that this was the time for drawing attention toward us as all things must be done in the Lord's timing, but that there would be another time that the Lord would choose to draw attention to what the Lord wants me to say publicly to the nation. I felt the Lord say to me that if I had such an intention getting now, I would be negated as a nutcase and that the doors that God wanted to open for me later would be closed. I do not mind at all being labeled a nutcase, a fruitcase, or cake, or whatever else people want to call me. But I do care that I do such things in the perfect timing of God and by His direction. The team also interceded throughout the week for the election between Scott Brown and Coakley in the state of Massachusetts for the Senate seat, replacing Senator Edward M. Kennedy, who had held it for 47 years. On Sunday... January 17, between 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. We again interceded with intense spiritual warfare. I led the prayers as follows. I call on the heavenly host to do battle in Massachusetts, to fight the strongman, spirits influencing Obama and Kerry, and strongholds, spirits operating in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, so that the people have the freedom without confusion and deceivableness to elect the most righteous candidate between Brown and Coakley. Coakley is a Democrat strongly supported Obama's health care package would be used as another means of controlling and ushering America into total socialism and the New World Order. Note, three weeks prior to the election in Massachusetts, Cookley was ahead by 30 points and all experts had written Brown's chances of victory off. Yet, prayer and truth brought Brown the victory and temporarily gave America more time to do spiritual battle, spiritual warfare, <clears throat> so that demonic influence could be abated and men could speak the truth, giving people a chance to respond with clear understanding. This is the only hope for survival through another great awakening of this nation to turn it back to Jesus Christ. I went to Senator Edwards Kennedy's office with some other ministers. I sat in Kennedy's chair where he would conduct conference meetings, sitting in proxy for a more righteous person to fill his position. I prayed along these sentiments. Now, if Kennedy was alive, he sure wouldn't have wanted me in his chair. I sat at his conference room, leading the chair, like I was a chairman of the board. Dennis and I went to Washington State Senator Patty Murray's office. I stood in proxy for Clint Didier and prayed that if Miss Murray doesn't repent of her voting positions, which is contrary to the scriptures, that Clint Didier would become the next senator in the state of Washington. Some of us also visited the office of Senator Mitchell Enzies of Wyoming, who is a Christian, to pray blessings over his office. Tuesday, January 19, from 5.15 to 5.45, Bob, Dennis, Jonathan, Lynn, and I met <coughs> with Congressman Kathy McMorris-Rogers from Washington State in her office to encourage her to, and pray for her. Kathy's a Christian. I shared with her the spirits I discerned ruling the Senate, the House of Representatives, and the Supreme Court. I also shared how I felt there was a soft revolution in America, with a created crisis to try to dissolve the sovereignty of the United States, move us into socialism and a one-world government. I laid hands on her and prayed that God would grant her favor, strength, fearlessness, and anointing for her to rise up as a prophetess in the House of Representatives and give clear correction and direction.
I prayed that God would cover her under his blood, that his angels would be around her and would give her victory and peace, that she had finally would be free from danger, accident, harm, or disease that would rise up in leadership in this nation. After the prayer, Kathy gave us passes into the House of Representatives, which in session, while there in the gallery, I received these words. House of Representatives, animals will follow the beast. The interpretation is the spirit of the prophet in the House of Representatives is desperately needed as the spirits ruling the House were influencing many members to follow and vote for laws instigated by the beast spirit. As I watched, I noticed many ugly House members were acting like they were barroom, in a barroom rather in the United States House of Representatives. The spirit of lawlessness, another name for the beast in the book of Revelation, was certainly discernible and viewable. Note, when I was leading in prayer, pointing the rod toward the Capitol building, the Supreme Court, and the White House, with the members of the team supporting me, I came under an attack in my side and needed water and prayer. When you get into this type of intense spiritual warfare fighting, the principalities and powers of darkness, they would try to attack you, your family, your business, your ministry, etc. Adalia? When you're dealing with this, like the scripture says, that we wrestle against them. And also you have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit uh, to tell you when and how to be able to battle against them. You just don't wake up one day and you go stand in front of the set of the White House or Senate and start saying, I bind you, I cast you out. What will happen? You'll be struck down. You need to get, you need to have the covering of the Holy Spirit before you even try it. And you have to be instructed by God to be able to, um, bring down any of these things. Like, um, in the mission, there were some missionaries that went to Uganda one time and there was, and there was shrines all over the place. So they just came. And they preached the word to the people, which was really good and accepted. But the problem is they went to these places and started to tear down the shrines and the altars. They, they forget that they were not fighting against flesh and blood and their powers behind these shrines. What happened is they were struck by diseases and they died one by one. Nobody was able to come back to America. All of them died. So you have, you just don't, you have to wait for the Lord, wait for the instructions of God. And if you're going with the people, you have to have unity as well. Because when you are, there's disunity in a group that is going to, you know, handle those kind of things, you'll find that the enemy will divide and then conquer. Uh, people start falling one by one, either struck by something, disease, sickness, or whatsoever, and somebody's not able to get out of it. So, uh, prayer together in unity is very, very crucial. And also the leading of the Holy Spirit is also very crucial. And not everybody is called to do such work. To be honest, it's just like just like in intercessors, there are people who are intercessors over family, over cities, and they're intercessors over nations. These are the people that God will give them vision and dreams over nation. You find that somebody has been given the grace over a small area and the person wants to go and take down a principality. That's just foolishness. You have to be like even the, even in prophets. There are prophets who are called for nations and prophets who are called for uh, gathering in the church and stuff like that. So uh, people have to be wise in dealing with these things. You have to be led and you know that you're called to do it and you have the grace for it and unity and prayer and also being humble. Humility is one thing that you have to always have when you're dealing with warfare concerning anything that's covering regions and cities. If you are uh, full of pride, then that gives um, a room for the enemy to strike you. Uh, in the book of Job 41, uh, the Lord described about uh, entity as principality called Leviathan. He's the, he's the king over the 
children of pride. So once you do that, you've already opened yourself to such attacks that you won't be able to recover from it. So like all, all you've read today, Prayer, that's first thing. And it, your prayer was not a five-minute prayer. It was hours of prayer. You need to be prayed up always. Hours of prayer. And also the leading of the Holy Spirit and teamwork. That is very crucial. Ladies and gentlemen, now listen to this. September 16, 2022. That's today. I awoke approximately 426 from a dream. In the dream, I saw a man who carried a long weapon like a rifle, only much larger, circularly like a bazooka, only it wasn't a bazooka. It appeared to be hollow in the inside, but when he pointed it at people, they died. He seemed to speak in a European tongue. He was captured, but the person guarding him died after approaching him, not seemingly aware of the dangers of his weapon. When he was close to the prisoner, he just fell over, and then I could see the prisoner had pointed his weapon at his guard up close, and they were face to face, and now the dead guard did not seem to even notice the prisoner had this weapon pointed at him, standing so close. It is hard to believe this prisoner could even point the weapon at the guard. Interpretation. I believe this prisoner is the devil. God had already defeated him, but the world and most Christians do not recognize how dangerous he is and continue to open the doors and allow the devil to aim his weapon and send demons to attack this witless, naive people. The clueless people in the nations in the pathetic, lukewarm, dysfunctional, ignorant church have lost their ability to guard against the dangers of the demonic as they don't even realize their existence or their vicious weapons they use against this clueless generation. Only the remnant who are walking close to God can know these demonic enemies and educate the people of their existence and their dangers. We must engage in this spiritual battle for the soul of America and the nations of the world. We must be true ambassadors for Jesus Christ, fulfilling the Great Commission. We must lead another great awakening. Again, I just had this dream today. Eagle Saving Nations, go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and subscribe. We need another great awakening. My phone number is 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. You can telephone my office. You can donate any credit card, PayPal, Zelle. You can write a check to WMI, PO Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. That's put WMI on the check. Send it to PO Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Again, we need another great awakening. Shannon. Praise the Lord. What a honor to be here tonight, Brother Hanson, with you and Sister Adalia and uh, all world ministries there at the headquarters, all of you tuning in worldwide. Powerful word. And I want to encourage everybody to become a member of Eagles Saving Nations. Very simple to sign up for that and uh, become a regular supporter of world ministries and the warning broadcast. They're making a difference. They made and continue to make a difference in my life. Go to worldministries.org. And if you enjoyed tonight, well, we'll be back tomorrow. Is that right, Dr. Hansen? We're on for tomorrow evening, same time? Yes, we are. And uh, you're going to really enjoy tomorrow night. I sure am. I want to thank you all for letting us be a part of the warning broadcast here on these weekend broadcasts. We love and appreciate you all. And um, 
God bless you. We're looking forward to the next program. Do you want to close us in prayer? Amen. Father God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We want another great awakening. Let your people come alive. Let us have that great awakening. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, PayPal, Zelle, go to my website, www.worldministries.org. God bless you, Shannon. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Sister Delia.